Kids. Let's start this week with a story and see if you can guess what we're learning about this week. Aaron, would you mind tucking the blanket down around my socks? My toes are cold. Aaron tucked the colorful afghan around Grandma's feet. Just then, Dylan and Jason came racing through the living room and almost knocked over a lamp. Mom went after them. No running in the house. You two head outside if you want to play tag, please. Grandma chuckled and winked at Aaron. Your brothers are getting a little restless, aren't they? I guess my house is a little boring. Aaron sat on the edge of the couch next to Grandma. Oh, Grandma, we love visiting you. Even if you don't have toys, the boys like finding poo bugs in the garden. And I love reading your old books. But you can only do those things for so long. Hmm, I have an idea. Grandma called Mom from the kitchen. Lucy... Will you go into my room and get my purse? Mom came back with Grandma's purse and asked, Do you need us to go to the store for you? Actually, Lucy, I need you to get three $10 bills from my purse and take the kids shopping. Let them pick each out something that is fun. How does that sound, Aaron? Aaron grinned. Sounds great. Oh, that's awfully generous of you, Mom. Mom said, patting Grandma's hand. At the store, Dylan and Jason pulled Mom toward the toy aisle. I want a dinosaur, Jason said. I want a robot, Dylan said. Erin wasn't sure what she wanted. Maybe a new book? Dylan and Jason hugged their toys and marched toward the checkout stands. Erin, you better choose something. The boys are ready to go. Erin looked around. She thought about getting a box of stationery and writing letters to all of her friends back home. But then she saw another stack of boxes and she knew exactly what she wanted to buy with her $10. Back at Grandma's, Erin carried the bag into the house. Let's see what you all got, Grandma said. Jason showed Grandma his stegosaurus. Dylan held up a robot that could turn into a car. And what did you get, Erin? Erin reached into the bag and pulled out a box. She removed the lid and held up a pair of cozy slippers. Well, Grandma, I got these for you. To keep your toes warm. As soon as Grandma's arms wrapped around her, Erin felt warm inside and out. She knew she had made a good choice. Grandma's hugs and happy tears were worth every penny. So, based on that story, what do you guys think we're learning about this week? Thunder? Or maybe giving? Yes. Right now we are sitting in a thunderstorm, but this week we are reading about Paul's epistles to the Corinthians still. Paul was asking the Corinthian church members to donate money to the church members in Jerusalem who are going through a really tough time. There was a famine in Jerusalem. So from Paul, we learn that it's always good to serve others, but he teaches us not only is it good to serve, but it's even better to serve cheerfully. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, 
not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Heavenly Father has set up his church so that the rich can take care of the poor. Those that are well can care for the sick. And those that are strong can strengthen the weak. Did you guys understand that first scripture about sowing? Not really. So a sower is someone back then who was like a farmer. This is called farming. You kids are going to grow all kinds of plants. Vegetable plants, pizza plants. <laughs> they plant seeds in the ground. Who do you think will have a bigger harvest? Someone who plants 10 seeds in the ground or someone who plants like a thousand seeds in the ground? A thousand seeds. Yeah. Who do you think would have more friends? Someone who's friendly and kind and talks to everybody? Or someone who is introverted and unkind and doesn't talk to anyone? Do you have any friends? Do you have a best friend? The friendly one, of course. Yeah, so by Paul saying, he which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully, Paul is explaining, we get back what we put out into the world. So like a missionary who knocks on 100 doors a day, he will baptize more converts than a missionary who just sits there. And it's not about just giving our time or talents or money. Paul taught it's how we give that's important. That's right. So let's say your little brother comes. He's like, hey, can I play with your Lego? And you don't really want to let him, but your mom's watching you. So you sigh and you say, oh, fine. And you kind of hand it over in a grouchy way while you're rolling your eyes. Is that being a cheerful giver? No. Actually, let's play a game. Do you guys know the song, When We're Helping? We're going to sing it a few times together. The first time, let's sing it cheerfully. When we're helping, we're helping, and we sing as we go. And we like to help mother, for we all love her so. Okay, now let's sing it sad. When we're helping, we're happy, and we sing as we go. And we like to help mother, for we all love her so. And now we're going to sing it scared. <laughs> Heavenly Father wants us to help others gladly. So let's sing the song one more time, cheerfully again. When we're helping, we're helping, and we sing as we go. And we like to help mother, for we all love her so. Okay, now we're going to play a game of Pictionary. Don't fall and smash the drawing. Um, Mom, this is a podcast. No one can see us. How are they going to guess what you're drawing? Well, you're going to have to describe it to them. It's going to make it extra hard. Can you guys guess what I'm drawing? I'm going to draw all different pictures of Jesus. 
good luck. All right, she's drawing something round. Oh wait, five round things. Oh, those are toes. Man, whoever's foot this is, it's dirty and hairy. Now she's drawing what looks like paint being splashed. Oh wait, that's water. I know what this is a picture of Jesus doing. Do you? It's Jesus serving his apostles by washing their feet. Okay, next drawing. All right, she's drawing two circles. Ew, those look like googly eyes. And big fat lips. And now gills and scales. Wait, what's that next to it? Something round, kind of lumpy. It looks like bread. Oh, I know what this is a picture of Jesus doing. Do you? This is Jesus serving others with love when he fed the 5,000 with the loaves and fishes. Okay, last drawing. All right, guys, it looks like she's drawing a bed. And now those ripples look like water. Wait, is that a swimming pool? What is a bed doing next to a pool? Is it... Oh, I know, do you? This is Jesus healing the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus served others with love by healing them. Jesus is our best example. He was always serving others cheerfully. I'm going to challenge all of us to say yes when our family members or anyone asks us to serve them this week, such as by helping around the house or caring for younger siblings. What are some other ways we can serve? Well, let's sing the song Fun To Do and come up with new verses to the song that describe a variety of ways to serve. Do you know that song? Cleaning my room is fun to do, fun to do, to do, to do. Cleaning my room is fun to do, to do, to do, to do. Pulling weeds is fun to do, fun to do, fun to do. Pulling weeds is fun to do, to do, to do, to do. Your turn to do, to do, to do. What ideas do you have to serve? Okay, it's time for a prickly pop quiz. Question number one. The tallest recorded cactus is A, as tall as a volleyball net, B, as tall as a house, or C, as tall as five giraffes on top of each other? The answer is C. Cacti have been recorded to grow a knee-buckling height of 80 feet. We have a giraffe. Okay, cactuses can live up to this many years. How old do you think cactuses can be? 200 years old! Oh yeah? Oh, that's old. All right, when loaded with water, a 
big old cactus can weigh how much? How many pounds do you think? 4,800 pounds. Isn't there supposed to be like water and cactuses? All right, this is a would you rather question. Would you rather step on a cactus or sit on a cactus? Neither. I would prefer to eat a cactus. Some of them are delicious. I'll have two cactus tacos. Which country has a picture of an eagle devouring a snake over a prickly pear cactus? A. Costa Rica B. Mexico C. Argentina The answer is B. Mexico They're going down to Mexico. I think I'll join them. Why do cacti have thorns? A. To protect them from predators B. To collect water C. To provide shade or D for propagation? The answer is all of the above. It's all hot and stuff. I need to put a drinking fountain out here. Yeah, or like a 7-Eleven or something. How long can cactuses survive without water? One day? One week? One month? Or one year? That was actually a trick question. Some types of cacti can survive two years without water. Was it hard crossing the desert? Mm-hmm, very hard. Especially if you don't have anything to drink. The saguaro cactus may be the slowest grower ever, taking up to 10 years to grow one and a half inches. So, how old do you think they are when they are teenagers and they develop flowers for the first time? When they're 70 years old, they're finally teenagers. See, Jefe? Rose can bloom in the desert. Why are we talking about these prickly plants? Well, Paul actually had a thorn stuck in his flesh for a long time, and it really bothered him. Listen to this. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Can you imagine what it would feel like to walk around with a thorn stuck in your skin for a long time? Yeah, don't you remember when I was little? One time when Isaac was little, he was walking on a pier and he stepped on something sharp. And he told us that he had something in his foot. And I looked at his foot and his dad looked at his foot and I said, there's a piece of glass in there. And my husband was like, no, I can't see anything. There's no glass. There's no glass but I swore I saw a piece of glass. Anyway, we went on with our lives. We made Isaac walk around on this piece of glass in his foot for a whole week. We even took him to Disneyland and he walked around Disneyland for the entire day with a piece of glass in his foot. So yes, Isaac can relate to Paul in this story. <laughs> so Paul's experience praying for this thorn in his flesh to be removed teaches us that sometimes God strengthens us in our trials rather than just taking them away. Yeah, Heavenly Father always answers prayers, but he doesn't always give us everything we ask for. 
That's right. Paul asked God to remove his weakness, but God knew that Paul's weakness would make him humble and God could make him strong. So does God always answer our prayers? Hi, my name's Vivian and I'm six and I'm from Pasco, Washington. If somebody asked me if God answer your prayers, I would say yes. He'll answer your prayers night or day, tomorrow or the next time or day. He'll answer it any place you go, school, um, stores, hot home. He even answer it in your bed. He'll answer it at lunchtime or when you're going swimming or at a friend's house. He'll answer it anywhere you go. Let's think of some trials people have in life, and then we'll consider how someone might learn from those trials and be blessed by them. What if someone's parents die? They could be blessed with greater appreciation for the plan of salvation. Like they would live their lives more righteously so that they could be sure they'd see their parents again in heaven. What if someone has a brother or sister who is really wild and obnoxious? Well, maybe that trial is to help that kid be more patient, more forgiving, and ultimately it will help them become more Christ-like. Remember, Heavenly Father always answers our prayers, but not always in the way we expect. I had an experience with this. I was engaged to a man who I loved. I thought he was so wonderful. He was everything I had ever dreamed of. When we got engaged, I was just over the moon. I couldn't believe that everything I had ever dreamed of was coming true. It felt like a real life fairy tale. Then things fell apart and we ended up breaking up. I was so sad. I thought, oh, this man's perfect for me. How could this be happening to me? And I prayed so hard to Heavenly Father, please help us to get back together. Please help us to get married. Oh, please, 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 please. And I was devastated when it didn't happen. Just because Heavenly Father didn't let me marry that man didn't mean he was ignoring my prayers or not answering my prayers. Heavenly Father had someone even better in store for me. So sometimes our prayers are not answered the way we want them to be because Heavenly Father knows something that's even better for us. And now I'm married to the most amazing man and I couldn't imagine my life being married to anyone else. I testify to you guys that Heavenly Father will always answer our prayers in the way and at the time that will bless us the very most. That's all we have for this week. Please tell a friend about our podcast and help them join us on the Covenant Path. Thanks for listening and until next time.